You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Another head spinning day of breaking developments in the COVID 19 crisis. The BC government now urging all of us to take dramatic measures to limit the spread of the pandemic. BC's top doctor is now warning against all non-essential international travel and putting a ban on large gatherings. Keith Baldry has the latest. Many things have changed in the last 24 hours. A lot has changed since yesterday, including the number of people in BC who have the COVID-19 virus. We have seven new cases to report today, so our total in British Columbia as of earlier today is at 53. But it's where two of those new cases are located that it is major concern, another long-term care home on the North Shore. Most uh, concerning for us is the fact that we do now have a second long-term care home that has an outbreak. In addition, it was apparent that a number of the healthcare workers at that facility um, were also linked to um, the Lynn Valley Care Centre. And Dr. Henry announced two new measures, including a ban on public gatherings of more than 250 people, plus a strong recommendation for people not to travel outside of Canada, including to the United States. What became apparent to me over the last 24 hours is the extent of the community spread in many, many, many different communities in the U.S. And I think it's only become apparent to our colleagues in the U.S. as well. An example of U.S. concerns was today's announcement by Washington and State Governor Jay Inslee that all schools in the state will soon close. You need to have a broad-based uh, assault on every front. And we believe this is the right place to to enter the front of school closures. But Dr. Henry said with the spring break almost upon us, BC schools won't have to close for now. We don't believe it's appropriate at the moment to, to close schools. Meanwhile, the health minister says more resources are coming to bolster the almost overwhelmed 811 call centers. We're sorry, all circuits are busy at the moment. We are working hard to, um, to, do, to deal with even higher call volumes by adding resources. And there may be a new testing center up and running in Metro Vancouver by this weekend, with appointments being made through 811. Keith Baldry, Global News, Victoria. So big developments related to travel. Paul Johnson is at YVR right now. And Paul, what are people there saying about the requirement to stay home now for 14 days if they do elect to go and then return? Chris, this is mostly very confusing for people flying into the country at YVR today. And here's why. Their plane lands and then they go and they report to the federal border and customs protection people who ask them, are you feeling sick? Have you been to China? Have you been to Italy? If not, welcome to Canada. Have a good trip. They then get their bags and they come out of the airport and they hear that the provincial government is telling them that they're supposed to self-quarantine for two weeks. So quite confusing. And I think you can expect that until the provincial and federal governments get on the same page on this, you're going to see a lot of reactions like these ones. <laughs> well, we'll see how that goes. Are you kidding me? We're prepared to do that. That's why we came home. We're taking it very seriously. We want to be home. We're glad we're in Canada. And we're retired. We can. So we are. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> so traffic levels here at YVR today were noticeably lower than usual. The airport authority says their projection so far is they expect things to be about 5% 
slower than usual in terms of passenger traffic, but it was by no means a ghost town. Still a lot of people traveling, mostly business as usual. And when you talk to the people who were flying, you realize they've been paying attention to the news. They've been assessing the various different restrictions that have been popping up. They've also been monitoring their own health, and they've made the decision to go on their trip. At international arrivals at YVR, a lot of the passengers are what you would expect during the first half of March. Going to Whistler, yeah. Midwesterners with visions of powder in their minds. The new restrictions that have upended global travel networks were not quite enough to make Josh and Scott cancel their big ski trip. Last night, you know, with the um, USA ban on travelers from Europe, you know, re-entering the United States, I guess, gave us a little pause for concern, but... Um, you know, I think that we felt overall pretty safe. Tonight, I want to speak with you about our nation's unprecedented response to the coronavirus outbreak. It's not immediately clear if President Trump's controversial ban on travel from Europe is affecting patterns at Canada's big airports. YVR had its usual late afternoon arrivals from cities like Amsterdam and in the wider travel industry. The more immediate effects of COVID-19 seem to be connected to India's ban on travel. Sumit Baines is the manager of Baines Travel. We've had some customers who, you know, they need to go for whatever reason. It's a wedding, it's a, you know, a big event, some business needs to be done. So people who um, realize they're not going to be able to, say, leave in a week and get into the country, they actually switched their tickets to travel yesterday, uh, yesterday night, in order to get in the, into the country before the rules changed. Many passengers we spoke with did describe some flights that were well below half full, something that hasn't been seen regularly in North America for years. Clearly, others have canceled their plans. But the people you encounter at Canada's airports this week are feeling good and not easily shaken like this Canadian visiting from her home in India. I plan to be here for maybe a couple of weeks and then I'm going back to the U.S. and I'm going back to India. All right, by now, uh, most people know about the ban on travel from, the, from Europe into the United States. Is there any evidence, Paul, to suggest that people are now sort of circumventing that ban through Canadian airports? Good question, Chris. Uh, no evidence so far. A lot of speculation that, you know, technically that could happen. But think about this. If someone were to try to use Canada to make an end run around uh, this new U.S. ban, they would still have to report to U.S. Customs when they're entering the United States. The very first question that the American border officials are going to ask is, where have you been? They're going to be able to look at your passport and other travel documents. So somebody wanting to do this would have to be quite bold and would basically have to lie to the American officials. And, you know, how many people are going to be willing to do that? That's an open question. Yeah, it Chris. certainly is. All right, Paul, thanks very much. Some major local cancellations today as the list of events affected by the COVID-19 outbreak grows. The three biggest events called off today usually attract nearly one million people. Catherine Urquhart reports. Surrey's Visakhi Parade is the largest celebration of its kind outside India, drawing hundreds of thousands of people every year. It had been scheduled for April 25th, but now, due to COVID-19, it's cancelled. It was very tough. Uh, there's a lot of emotional, religious, uh, cultural significance and attachment to this event. Uh, we have uh, tens of thousands of people that come from out of town. I think there's a sigh of relief from another portion, which is that the close proximity to which people actually are in that event, uh, half a million people in a few blocks.
also not happening, the Vancouver International Auto Show. The 100th anniversary edition was booked to take place at the Vancouver Convention Centre West on March 25th through the 29th. Tickets are refundable at point of purchase. It's a postponement. We're not cancelling. We'll have to talk to, again, lots of moving parts, lots of uh, constituents to this event, and of course, availability at the venue. The Visaki Parade and Auto Show, just a few of the many events that have been shelved. Also next, the Cherry Blossom Festival, the TED Conference, and the BC Children's Hospital Foundation Gala. Billie Eilish was among the artists scheduled to perform in Vancouver in the coming weeks. Then, Live Nation recommended all large-scale music events be postponed. Cineplex theatres remain open, but with BC's top doctor now directing cancellation of gatherings larger than 250 people, could the curtains come down on movies as well? The Vancouver Sun Run, which started in 1985 and draws approximately 40,000 participants, now also cancelled. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. And breaking news of one more major cancellation announced just moments ago. This year's Vancouver 420 Pot Festival protest has been called off. That's according to organizer Dana Larson. As you can tell, the situation is rapidly developing and the number of events cancelled is changing by the hour, even changing every few minutes. Mm -hmm. So we are keeping an updated list on our website. You can find it at globalnews.ca slash bc. So what's next? Well, that question doesn't really have a firm answer with every new case and every new development. The situation is constantly changing. And from travel to the stock market to sports and community events, it's having an impact on almost every facet of society. Aaron MacArthur reports. The Prime Minister of Canada confined to quarters. Showing no signs of COVID-19, his wife Sophie returning from a trip to England, she spiked a low-grade fever. The First Minister's meeting scrapped in favour of a conference call. The Deputy Prime Minister taking on a larger role in government. Uh, the Prime Minister joined us on the line uh, for the meeting of the Cabinet Committee that we had just before question period. Justin Trudeau not the only one. The leader of the NDP home, sick, along with several MPs and Cabinet Ministers. No obvious COVID-19 symptoms, but all of it, just in case. The stock market took a beating Thursday. The TSX lost 12% of its value, the biggest one-day drop in history. And the Dow Jones shedding value too. The worst day of trading on Wall Street since Black Friday. We have a very, very strong fiscal position in Canada. The best among G7 countries. So that's going to allow us to continue to invest, to make sure that our economy stays strong. In Europe, the situation continues to get worse, seemingly by the hour. Italy with thousands more cases, hundreds more deaths, and the virus continues to spread despite a nationwide lockdown. Spain, France, and Germany, all with significant increases in the number of people sick. The coronavirus is a global crisis, not limited to any continent, and it requires cooperation rather than unilateral action. The U.S. has gone into shutdown mode too. Most states banning large groups of people from gathering. Disneyland and Universal Studios in California shutting their doors over the weekend until at least the end of the month. The rich and famous caught up in this disease too. 
Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson announcing on social media they have tested positive for COVID-19. They are likely not the last either. The caseload in at least 13 countries, including the United States, doubling every two days. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Now, while the message about social distancing to help prevent the spread of COVID-19 has been repeated over and over, some B.C. government ministers don't seem to have gotten the message. That's right. Today alone, government ministers scheduled seven different press conferences and funding announcements around the province. Richard Zussman reports. Maple Ridge to Surrey. Government ministers out in communities across British Columbia on Thursday. We're monitoring the situation very, very closely. As events were being cancelled across the country and around the world, provincial leaders still being told it was okay to gather with staff and community members. We have to uh, reach out more to people but use, uh, use uh, the internet and FaceTime and, uh, and conference calls to do some of the things that, we, uh, that we've done historically in face-to-face way. Premier John Horgan was planning on flying out Thursday for meetings with fellow premiers and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. But when the in-person part of the meetings were cancelled, Horgan stayed in Victoria. The government isn't cancelling all events, but did cancel some events Friday. Politicians around the world have been infected at public rallies and gatherings and potentially have infected other people. There's no decision yet on whether MLAs in B.C. will return here to the legislature when session is scheduled to resume on March 23rd. That I'll be briefing uh, our caucus and we'll be discussing these issues. The B.C. Greens ahead of the curve, announcing Wednesday plans to suspend all public events, including gatherings linked to the ongoing leadership race to replace Andrew Weaver. We've decided to take a leadership role and uh, take a pause and see how uh, the next couple of weeks play out and go from there. As for Horgan's meeting with fellow premiers and the Prime Minister on Friday, it will be done over the phone, where Horgan will ask the federal government to consider enhancing EI sickness benefits. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. All right, we've had a lot of COVID-19 coverage today, and it's also causing some serious spring break concerns for parents. Most day camps are saying they are taking extra measures to make sure kids stay healthy. And as John Hua reports, they're relaxing their refund rules for parents who cancel. It's a spring break option that hooks children in year after year. They get to meet new friends, have fun, challenge themselves. And despite the COVID-19 pandemic, bookings for Climb Base 5's week-long camps are holding strong. We haven't seen many inquiries about COVID-19, with the exception of one cancellation at this point. Staff hope extra precautions like more frequent cleaning of holds and increased hygiene awareness will be enough to prevent an attendance drop-off. Whenever there's health risks, we know that parents really love their kids and want to make sure they're going to be safe. And, um, and we understand safety as a climbing gym, for sure. Those we spoke to still on the fence when it comes to spring break. You can tell a kid to wash their hands, but whether they're really going to do that or not is another question. I've been telling my friends just practice good health habits and be even more cautious, but I'm not sure if I'd send my own kid right now. Most March break programs are moving ahead. The Richmond Oval will get parents to pick up children if they appear ill and offer credits 
as an incentive to keep them at home. While the Play Dome at BC Place is still assessing the situation, as for community centres, Vancouver Parks Board says parents won't be locked into programs if they have COVID-19 concerns. We're going to take a very flexible approach in terms of refunds for any of our uh, community centre fitness centres, rinks or pools. Back at Climb Base 5, fewer letting coronavirus worries keep them off the wall. Not even an emergency doctor here for a climb. I think this is a relatively low risk uh, kind of venue. So I'm, I'm good with that. Whatever parents decide, organizers say it's important to try to stay open. So no child is left hanging over spring break. John Hua, Global News. The city of Victoria is calling for a ban on cruise ship visits during the COVID-19 pandemic. That comes on the same day that Princess Cruises, one of the largest cruise lines in the world, said it's halting operations for 60 days. Brad McLeod has more from the Port of Victoria, where at least four planned stops have been cancelled. The docks behind me are empty right now, and that's going to continue for longer than expected here in Victoria. This coming after Princess Cruise Line suspended global operations for 60 days. So the Grand Princess, expected here on April 3rd, won't show up, nor will it in Vancouver just before that. A relief to many in B.C. because that's the ship quarantined off the coast of California. But today, Victoria City Council stepping in with a last-minute addition to their agenda by Councillor Ben Isett. So it asks the Greater Victoria Harbour Authority to suspend use of its facilities at Ogden Point. The city also directing that request to Transport Canada and asking for financial relief for those who depend on the cruise ship economy. Estimated at more than $130 million, and that was four years ago. I, I don't like the process by the way that this ended up on our agenda. I think it doesn't speak to the spirit of partnership that we have. But despite concerns over lack of consultation, the council unanimously passed the motion. None are opposed. That carries. I must say I was actually quite disappointed. Uh, I would have liked an opportunity to have briefed mayor and council on the frequent and daily conversations that we're having with Transport Canada. As for where the feds stand on cruises coming to our shores, as cruise ships represent a high-risk environment for viral transmission of COVID-19, Transport Canada is working with key partners to be ready to respond to cases of COVID-19 in Canada. The Government of Canada is looking at all available options for the upcoming cruise ship season. Despite that unanimous vote by City Council, the Port Authority here won't do anything until Transport Canada tells them to. But the authority does want that decision to come soon because millions of dollars depends on it. The first ship that's going to come here is the Eurodam. That's on April 10th, and it will continue on to Vancouver after that. Brad McLeod, Global News, Victoria. You might have suspected we wouldn't get through the show without another breaking development, and we've got one for you regarding an event that was supposed to keep some of those kids busy during spring break. Yeah, John Hua had mentioned Play Dome at BC Place in his story just a few minutes ago. We have just received word that Play Dome is now off. Play Dome at BC Place will not be proceeding as scheduled. It had been set to go March 20th to 28th, but it is now cancelled. Uh, the organizers say refunds will be automatically issued to any advance ticket purchases. All for the safety and uh, the good of the kids. Absolutely. Well, the COVID-19 outbreak has pretty much shut down major competitive sports around the world as well. That's right. Virtually every professional league either suspending operations or announcing that fans won't be part of the game. Squire Barnes has that story. This was the moment the dominoes started falling for North American sports. Well, I just saw Quinn Snyder point to the locker room. 
and they're taking these players off the floor. Just before the Utah-Oklahoma City game was to start on Wednesday night, word came out that Jazz center Rudy Gobert, who had played against the Raptors on Monday night, was sick with what was confirmed to be coronavirus. Shortly after, the NBA suspended its season until further notice. This is not a situation where you fake it till you make it or try to sound or act important. Um, the NBA has hired people with expertise in those areas and they're working with people from the government. The decision by the NBA sent a shockwave through the rest of North American sports. The NHL, after talking it over with owners, decided to stop the league until further notice, even though none of their players have contracted coronavirus. It might mean playing for the Stanley Cup in July if they can get the all clear within a month. But really, everyone is in a fog. I think it's just too early to, to tell uh, whether we're in a postponement or a cancellation. Our um, scenario are two very different uh, outcomes. Shortly after the NHL announced it hit the pause button, Major League Baseball postponed the start of its regular season by two weeks. Major League Soccer suspended operations until further notice. Junior hockey has stopped. The World Women's Curling Championships in Prince George has been cancelled. So has the NCAA's huge March Madness basketball tournament. However, NASCAR and the PGA both say they'll continue for the next two weekends without spectators. You know, this is a little different situation than other sports where we're outdoors and you know we don't have the physical contact and um, you know we can take it as, as cautious as we can. So aside from a couple of things, most North American sports are only putting out statements and hoping for the best. Yeah, and a lot of people probably wondering how long this could potentially mm -hmm. go for. Well, I mean, nobody knows. I mean, mm -hmm. we're in uncharted waters and it's a storm. So we have no idea and they have no idea. They're hoping that maybe after a month on the sidelines they mm -hmm. can get going again. All the NHL owners, when they had their conference call today, were asked by Gary Bettman, Please check into your availabilities with your arenas to see if we can play the playoffs through July. Same thing in the NBA. The feeling is, well, if they get an all clear, we can go back, finish the regular season, and the playoffs will go deeper than normal, but we'll get them all done. Now, um, one of the issues was the NHL. The NHL doesn't have any sick players. Well, this is it. We know of. But one of the things that the NHL and the NBA do have is a number of teams share arenas. Mm -hmm. And so this was one of the things that the NHL thought of. Well, we've shared arenas with the NBA. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, the Utah Jazz, who have two sick players now, were in those arenas. So there's a lot of things. And I think also that the NHL thought once the NBA did it, it's like, look, we can't continue with, with even the no-fan situation. Although you see in golf and NASCAR, at least, mm -hmm. they're going to continue with no fans for a while longer. Uh, did hear though that the Formula One Grand Prix in Australia has now been postponed. Mm. Yeah, l lots of developments and I know we've got more coverage coming up. In we got more. We'll hear from the Whitecaps who uh, spoke today. Transit police are looking for a suspect in an extremely violent robbery that bizarrely happened on Pink Shirt Day. Metro Vancouver Transit Police say the suspect boarded a train at Granville Station on February 26th. He was wearing a pink shirt which represents National Anti-Bullying Day. Police say the suspect confronted several passengers before starting a fire with an aerosol can. He then allegedly stole money from an elderly man and punched him repeatedly in the face, breaking the man's glasses. 
The suspect is described as South Asian with a medium build, a shaved head with dark stubble, and a clean-shaven face. Anyone with information is asked to contact police. Child killer Alan Schoenborn is seeking additional freedom in the community. The BC Review Board is considering whether the Forensic Psychiatric Hospital should have the discretion to grant Schoenborn unescorted leave. Schoenborn has been at the Coquitlam Institution since 2010 after being found not criminally responsible for killing his three young children. During today's hearing, the panel heard that Schoenborn has made some positive progress but opponents say his involvement in three recent violent altercations show he is still a threat to the public. This is a person who is not yet ready to get out into the community, and the fact that he's been looking for these freedoms for about five years, has not yet had, had those freedoms, shows that he needs more time in a facility such as uh, this, and he needs to remain here and for uh, quite, quite a bit more time. A Kelowna man has pleaded guilty to three charges connected to a hidden camera that was found in an employee bathroom at a popular Okanagan winery. The spy camera was found in the bathroom at Summerhill Winery back in August of 2019. After the camera was found, staff say they witnessed winery employee Ian Layton on security cameras tampering with the evidence. At the time, a string of 18 charges were approved against Layton, but today... He pleaded guilty to two counts of recording nudity in a private place and one charge of attempting to obstruct justice. In Health Matters tonight, a Texas hotel is showing off the high-tech germ-zapping robots it's using to sanitize rooms and common areas to combat the spread of COVID-19. The Westin Houston is using two light-strike robots developed by a San Antonio company. The robots destroy viruses, bacteria, and fungi using intense pulsed UV light. They were first developed by epidemiologists in Houston and are already in use in hundreds of healthcare facilities. A BC man knows all too well the importance of giving back and saving lives. A longtime search and rescue volunteer, he never thought he would need help in turn until he discovered that he needed a kidney transplant. Linda Aylesworth has the story. Michael and Don are both longtime Coquitlam search and rescue volunteers. Just gonna check some water. These signs are uh, probably should be put somewhere else. They are part of a tightly knit team. Their survival depends on it in the field and sometimes in their private lives. I was adopted around uh, a couple months old. I didn't know my medical history. I knew a bit about my mother's side. But it was on his birth father's side that there was a hereditary medical condition, polycystic kidney disease. He was diagnosed 20 years ago. In 2019, my doctor said, you better get on this and get a number of people lined up because you're going to need a transplant probably in 2020. And so the search for a living donor began because there aren't enough deceased donor organs to meet the need. The majority, 75 to 80 percent of all transplants are kidneys. There are 3,400 Canadians on a wait list for a kidney transplant. Mike's a wonderful human being. He's saved countless lives himself. Uh, so it only seems fitting that someone needs to help him. Little did Don know that his wife, Jody, would be the one. I said, hey, I can do this. I can step forward and give it a shot. And so she underwent testing. Michael had no idea until a few months ago when Don called him while he was driving and told him to pull over. 
And then they both came on the line and they said, Jody's the match. We, we hung up and then I, I continued driving. And then I actually had to pull over because I was crying so hard. It's been a real blessing for Jody as well because she's very excited to save Mike's life. <laughs> the surgery is scheduled for June. He's a good example as to what a really good person is. So we want him to stick around for a lot longer. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. A puppy in a precarious situation. How the rescue unfolded right after Christie's forecast. Christy, rescue us from a day of <laughs> slightly troubling news regarding COVID-19. Well, <laughs> because it's been beautiful and sunny. Yes, beautiful today, not tomorrow. So we have to talk about tomorrow. But, you know, with COVID-19 and spring break happening next week, I've got some great news because they say the best thing to do is get outside. So let's have a look at things. Uh, this was the day-to-day, -day, but through the latter part of the day, we started to see some increasing cloud. High temperatures plummeted in the central interior. We were mild across the south, but this is still just slightly below seasonal. Typically, we'd be heating up to about 10. But Arctic air is going to continue to plunge across the region over the next couple of days. Now, these are your overnight lows. On the right, your wind chill. On the left, the regular temperature in terms of low. And you'll know, minus 35 with the wind chill in BC Peace River, minus 30 in the central interior, minus 10 in through the Okanagan Valley. And that's going to continue to filter out towards the south coast. So not quite as cold tonight across the south coast, but by the end of the weekend, and we could be seeing record-breaking lows, minus three as an example. Now, in terms of snowfall, we do have a chance of snow across Vancouver Island overnight, certainly in the interior regions as well, but it looks like Metro Vancouver will miss it. So for Vancouver Island, you can expect it to ease off early tomorrow morning, a chance later on, but really very minimal. It's the interior regions that will continue to see snowfall through the day tomorrow right into Saturday morning before it all clears out. So here's how much. Very light amounts for Vancouver Island. Nothing to worry about. It's just more so a heads up for you, whereas the interior regions could see anywhere from 5 to 10 centimeters of snow. Again, most of that through your day tomorrow. Cold and clear across the north. Temperatures not climbing up above the freezing mark in many inland regions. Snowfall basically south of Williams Lake all across the region, 5 to 10 centimeters. And for our region, mainly cloudy, mainly dry, except that snowfall potentially overnight for Vancouver Island into the early morning periods. And there's the trend. So lots of sunshine over the next uh, several days, but it will be cold at night, but we'll take it for the sunshine so kids can get outside. And your central windows, weather window, a preview of potentially what you'll see over your spring break, everyone. This is uh, Mordecai in New Westminster. Mm -hmm. Nice. Thanks, Christy. Enjoying the sunshine. Thanks, Christy. Well, you might question their tactics, but at least there was a happy ending to the rescue of a puppy that had fallen down a well in Turkey. <laughs> The rescuers dangled a 10-year-old boy headfirst by his ankles into a well full of oil to rescue the puppy. The boy had heard the dog whining and gone for help. He finally managed to grab the dog, which of course was covered in oil, and pulled it to safety. After a short bath in a nearby pond, puppy seemed to be okay. He looks fine. Pretty cute. Oh. Okay, don't eat your own leg. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's what puppies do. <laughs> yeah. All right, we need the puppies today. Uh, news not great in the world of sports, hey, Squire? Um, what are you going to talk about? Not great in the world, period. <laughs> uh, true. Well, lots of cancellations in the sports world, but still lots to talk about. Yeah.
Well, <laughs> we'll talk about the cancellations. And then, I don't know, I got lots of old highlights back there. We can watch sure. the Canucks in the 70s if you want, everybody. Uh, I think for a number of people, I'm not saying everybody, but I think for a number of people, the moment major sports leagues began shutting down was when the pandemic, the seriousness of this pandemic, really got their attention. For leagues and teams and players to walk away from the kind of money they generate is a testament to how seriously they are taking it. It started with the NBA last night, and many followed them today, including the NHL. The Canucks were in Phoenix when it went down. They were getting ready to play the Coyotes, but right now they are in an airplane, they're flying back to Vancouver, and they're flying back to an uncertain future regarding the rest of the NHL season. This is not the kind of March Madness sports fans were expecting. An unprecedented mass shutdown of pro and amateur leagues and tournaments in North America. And nothing cuts more for BC sports fans than the NHL shutdown. Canucks fans were justifiably excited about the team's first legitimate playoff push in five years. But now that's on hold. Nobody knows when or if the season will resume. The NHL is coming up with a number of contingency plans and word is they are willing to take the season to the end of July to get it in. But like everything, it's a fluid situation. Following the NHL's lead, the WHL has also suspended its season with playoffs originally scheduled to start in just a couple of weeks. The Vancouver Warriors of the National Lacrosse League are in the same situation. Season on hold. Now here comes Ali Abad into the penalty area. He's got room. It's back to Ricketts. It's 1-0. Major League Soccer has suspended operations for the next 30 days, the only sports league to put a number on its future plans. The Whitecaps say their players will continue to train together and that they're hopeful they can get in a full season. But it's guesswork right now. The right thing to do was to shut down immediately. Everyone watching this or listening to this is a mother, a father, a brother, a sister, a son or a daughter, right? Like, this is bigger than football. This is about the health of all our communities. And so we're getting behind that. In Prince George, years of planning for the World Curling Championships scheduled to start this weekend was abruptly canceled today. It's a very, very sad time. Uh, but we understand the decision, and as I said, uh, we're certainly supportive of the decision uh, that the World Curling Federation has made. If people didn't take the coronavirus threat seriously before, perhaps the mass shutdown of all of these leagues and events made it real, real quick. Uh, I, w I would say that it, it, it has underlined the gravity of a health pandemic that's global, for sure. How could it not, right? Going to add a couple of things before I talk about Mark Cuban. The BCHL has had to uh, stop, and it's the same situation. They will wait for the all-clear and try to get back at it. Um, there is no point of no return date for any of these leagues. They didn't say, well, if it doesn't get started by then, we have to shut the whole thing down. But I'm going to guess anything beyond a month might make it logistically difficult for, say, the NHL or the NBA to continue. That's just me. I don't know anything. I'm not even sure they know right now how it's going to go. Now, a lot of teams and owners didn't speak today, preferring to let the league offices do the talking. But one prominent owner in the NBA did speak out, Dallas Mavericks boss Mark Cuban, who feels what the NBA started last night by shutting things down was the right thing to do. And he is glad all the other leagues or most of the other leagues followed suit. This is something out of a movie and you just don't expect it to happen in real life. But that's the randomness of, of 
of the world we live in. And so it's stunning, but we are where we are, and we have to be smart in how we respond. We, again, as I, I just said, you, this is people's lives at stake. This isn't about basketball. This isn't about the Mavericks. This isn't about, you know, when do we start or do we start or how do we start? Look, we have a lot of flexibility. I don't want to speak for Adam or the NBA, but in terms of the NBA basketball side of this, we have a lot of flexibility because there's nothing that happens after June 12th when we typically end our season. So, you know, it's more important for us to get it right. Now, one sports organization that will continue is the PGA, NASCAR as well, but they both will do it without fans going forward. Now, the PGA started the Players' Championship today in Florida with fans, but tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday, there won't be fans, and that'll be the case for subsequent events. Oh, look at that view. And there was a number of Canadians in this, including Adam Hadwin. This is on the famed 17th, par 3. He's dry. He'll make par, three under par, 69, he's in the top 25. Nick Taylor, Taylor, also from Abbotsford, Ledgeview. Nice iron shot at number six. He had five birdies on the day. He also made six bogeys, mind you, and shot a one over 73. Corey Connors had the best day. Watch this on 17. He's missed the cut in three of his last four starts on the PGA Tour. He's playing nicely so far. Come on. Ow. Anyways, kick that in. Shot four under 68, tied for eighth. Roger Sloan of Merritt, four under 76. The leader is Hideki Mariyama of Japan. Uh, long eagle putt to tie the course record at nine under 63. As we said, round two tomorrow. No fans. 63 for Mariyama. Okay, the Premier League of Soccer was prepared to play this weekend with fans, just like normal. But then they found out Arsenal manager Mikel Arteta had contracted coronavirus and now they're going to have a meeting tomorrow with all the teams to see what they want to do. One thing is for sure, Arsenal's game against Brighton has been postponed. The dominoes. Mm-hmm. Continue to fall worldwide. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Euro 2020, that big soccer tournament's up in the air. And of course, the big one of all is the Olympics. Mm-hmm. What they're going to do with that. In- All right, we have breaking news for you now on the COVID-19 outbreak. It has been confirmed Sophie Gregoire Trudeau, the Prime Minister's wife, has tested positive for coronavirus. That's right. She was exhibiting symptoms after coming back from the UK. She will remain in quarantine. Uh, The Prime Minister himself is not exhibiting any symptoms. He'll remain under uh, quarantine for the following 14 days, but he plans to address the nation tomorrow. We'll assume full duties Tomorrow we'll have more information on this, obviously, online and on broadcast as we continue through the evening. But yes, a positive test for COVID-19 for Sophie Gregoire Trudeau. All right. Well, it goes without saying that your wedding day is one of the most memorable times of your life. But one U.S. Coast Guard officer who tied the knot on a beach now has a medal to remember his by. Two lives joined together forever and another saved all the same day on an Alabama beach. And for his efforts that day two years ago, Petty Officer Zach Edwards is awarded the Coast Guard's Silver Life-Saving Medal, one of the nation's oldest and highest honors. Edwards and bride Cindy had just been married. We had just finished taking, uh, um, doing our vows. And while taking their photos, people noticed 18-year-old Jamel Robinson struggling in the surf. 
I didn't even think about it. I was like, hey, go get him. Edwards tore off his shirt and tore into the waves. He was saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, and he was ingesting water. The Coast Guardman swam 150 yards, pulling him from the rip current to safety. I'm forever humbled and honored to have received this award. Emerging from the waves, a hero. Semper Paratus, always ready, is the Coast Guard's motto. Even on your wedding day. Kevin Tibbles, NBC News. A medal and a ring, all on the same day. Big day. Okay, COVID-19 updates online on BC1. Global BC is all over it. Have a good night, folks.